Hello, fellow baseball and fancy baseball nuts. A big warm welcome to the best seat in the house that is, of course, behind home plate. If fancy baseball is your thing, this is the only place to be. Now, as we all know, my name's Johnny Gould. Uh, whether Well, we don't all know that my name's Johnny Gould, but what we do know, if you do know my name is Johnny Gould, that is I'm a complete fancy moron. But thankfully, I'm always joined by a genuine legend of fancy baseball, a man of numbers, a man of stats, a man who, who on his first ever date with his present partner, discussed simultaneous equations and thought that might turn her on. Ladies and gentlemen, what a pleasure it is to welcome the FB legend that is James Holden. Jimbo. Jonathan, I, I was hoping we'd left that conversation last week, but no, but I... <laughs> It's got such a positive reaction, buddy. That there's obviously some leverage there. But yeah, you know, but you love a simultaneous equation. You know I, it. Don't deny I, it. I do. I was. I was having one of my kids with, with um, yeah, GCSE maths homework only yesterday. So, That's yeah, your idea. I, the I, perfect date, isn't it? Yeah. Night in with the kids doing their maths homework. <laughs> right. Moving on. Moving uh, on. What, yeah. What we got? Come on. Today we have a packed agenda, and no we certainly time, do, buddy. And no a very that kind of chit chat. Yeah. As exciting an agenda as we've had in at least two shows, uh, and that is because this is episode three of I Know Played season three. Uh, and to lead things off, we're going to be joined by uh, one of the greats, in simple terms. Certainly not a fancy baseball, but certainly a friendship and baseball. And that is the sporting journalism legend, assistant sports editor. Of the Daily Mirror and regular talk sport contributor, if you're a talk sport fan, and our dear friend, Mr. Alan McKinley, is joining us. Big Al is here to talk about his real passion, which, aside from fancy baseball, is the Los Angeles Angels. So Big Al's coming to talk Angel Talk, and of course, things going pretty well for them, which is a rarity for Al. That's batter number one. Batter number two is the usual. It's the mailbag, because we asked you to get involved, and you have responded. You've responded in your hordes. We've had plenty of baseball and fantasy questions, uh, and we're going to try and tuck into a few of those as well. We won't get to all of them, but keep them coming. The best ones will always get a mention. And batter three is the suitcase. It's, it's your chance to try and enhance your team uh, with the wisdom of Holden, He'll be adding in some suitcase and, and, and some and all sorts of undiscovered fancy baseball go, golden pickups. The only reason I'm even vaguely successful as a fancy baseball player now is because of Jimbo's suitcase. All that to look forward to. Now, if you had a good week, Jim, since we last we were last, what well, we recorded last Thursday, I think it was, even though this didn't go out till the weekend. Have you had, have you had a busy week since I last saw you? Uh, I've, I've had a very busy week. I've been to Scotland and back. I've been all over the place. But I, can I just say, well done, because like that's the first time you've ever introduce the, the mailbag without kind of talking about rummaging in the mailbag or doing some kind of a 1970s carry-on uh, impression so I think we're, we're funny you should say that breath. Sid James one of my all-time heroes top five one that's, of the all-time I love Sid James that's so disappointing to hear but so not surprising at the same carry time carry-on doctor mate ding dong wasn't, it, not wasn't wrong. even born <laughs> is that right is that yeah. right you weren't even born <laughs> my god you you have no idea what you missed out on me okay well look uh, i i had a very exciting week and thank you for asking uh because i took my son uh, as guests of my lovely niece kitty uh who kits works for spotify and they've got a box at the o2 and guess what she invited us to jimbo it, it shows i know this it's the kind you of thing so you meant to go many, along with it i don't know boys would be really in, in excited by well, and well, you are at heart a 10 year old 
Well, it, it wasn't just about me. It's about my son. My son was obsessed by the WWE and they were in town. Now, obviously, he's now 19. It's not quite the same. But I tried to take him when he was this obsessed seven, eight, nine, ten year old. And yet his knowledge, the, the retention of his knowledge, every time a fighter came out, I didn't recognize half of them. My son instantly not only knew the name, gave me a background, told me about their history. I mean, and we had this amazing seats at the O2. And I got to see Randy Orton carry out a TKO and that to me I felt like my life is now complete I've ticked that box it was a great night I love WWE I mean it's it's a bit boring compared to what it used to be like but it used to be amazing but uh, anyway that, that that was my week and I still I'm still buzzing from my visit to the O2 arena to I, see I'm glad WWE. to hear it I think between you and I we cover uh, you know the complete gamut of, of artistic and sporting uh, events don't we between us so yeah but you're down at the opera the ballet the <laughs> simultaneous equation the chess competition you're absolutely right and i'm doing the wwe it says yeah. everything mate it says everything um okay right well quick reminder for all our listeners we do want you to get involved so get in touch the email is behind pod at gmail.com we've also of course on twitter uh the the show twitter handle is at bhp pod nice and easy to remember but if you do want to get in touch privately because you don't want me me to know what you're asking James or vice versa we'd love to hear from you because you know nobody else writes to us uh, my Twitter handle is at Johnny M Gould Ember is for Michael uh, whereas Jimbo is a lot more sexy at Jam 99 is desperately trying to pretend he's trendy uh, but that's his Twitter handle Jam 99 now as ever if you this is really important as well if if you like what you hear uh, or you're just feeling generous or you're just feeling charitable please leave us a five-star rating even a review on any platform that you happen to subscribe to or listen to the podcast, because the more we can get, the more that will drag other listeners in. And we're desperate to have as big a market as possible, as you can imagine. And we'd be very, very grateful. And if you do leave us a five-star review, you can always guarantee a mention on the next podcast. So, you know, we're, we're not, we're not proud. We'll bribe you if that's what it takes. Uh, so yeah, all very exciting. Jimbo, anything you want to say before we kick things off? Just a quick one. I had a couple of people get in touch. So we talked about last week on the new BHP Rookie League. Remember, we won a fantasy league last night. Yep, last great success. Getting into it. Uh, we had several people. There are still a couple of spaces left. So I kind of want to leave it open for another week. Uh, if you do want to take part, you get a chance to take on JG, take on me, and take on a number of other rookie players. Uh, you've always fancied to go at fantasy uh, baseball, never known how. Get in touch. So again, uh, behind home plate pod at gmail.com or drop me a direct message uh, at uh, at BHP pod on Twitter. Thank you. And, and let me just stress as well, you don't have to be an out and out rookie. At the end of the day, if it's just not it's something you want to do, you've maybe you've, you've dipped the toe, but you'd like to go again. That's good enough. As far as we're concerned, we just want to get anybody times haven't really mastered the arts. Exactly. So yeah, this is a safe space. Exactly. And so. this is the perfect league to start because I could tell you I'm playing in a sophomore league with a, a number of the rookie league members from last year because we had so much fun. We've done it again this year. Call it the sophomore league. And they are without exception kicking my you know what. So it's not as if it's going to be a tough ask. And it's a lot of fun, and the and the message board is brilliant. Anyway, let's move it on. Batter number one is hot at the heels. He's he's rearing to go, ladies and gentlemen. What a great pleasure it is to welcome the Mirror Sport assistant editor, uh, and appears on Talksport on a regular basis on a Wednesday night. Uh, most important of all, he's a baseball fan, and I know he's a massive NFL fan as well. He also happens to be just one of the toppest top guys of all time. My good mate, Big Al Adam McKinley is in the house. Big Al. Johnny, James, what an honour to share the, uh, well, is it Airwaves on a podcast? To share the, share the yeah. sound, anyway. We'll go with Airwaves. Yeah, no, yeah. That's a really good question. Is it Airwaves? I suppose it is. It's a, it's a verbal medium. 
yeah we've got them all we've got them all now we got you know james who's one of the great fantasy baseball players of all time there's me somewhere in the middle and we've got you as well johnny so it's a it's a privilege to be here it really is thank you <laughs> Can I just point out, buddy, we're in a couple of leagues together. You dominate your own league. What a coincidence, your own league, where you have complete administrative control. And surprise, surprise, you do really well. And yet you're utterly useless in the other one. And I've kicked your so-called on a regular basis. I think we need to just get some clarity here. I think you'll you'll find, Johnny, that the... Have you ever mentioned the fact that you won a, uh, a fantasy baseball? Never, podcast? never, I've never mentioned it once. I don't remember it. I don't remember it really. But I do remember that one of the reasons you won it was because of a trade that I did with you when I got fed up with. Uh... Can we not discuss that? Can we not discuss that? <laughs> there was a little brown envelope that might have been involved in that trade. Okay, let's let's kick things off and talk Angels. How exciting! Competitive, top of the division, most runs. Uh, I think as of today, Thursday recording date, one run ahead of, I think, the Yankees. So, you know, an exciting team to watch. But but first of all, Al, why the Angels? How did you end up an Angels fan? Very, it's a long and involved story, so I'll make it very brief. Obviously, I was in, first time I ever went to the United States, I was in San Francisco, Fisherman's Wharf. Went to, went to see a sort of sports uh, stash store, as my son calls it, stash. You know, that we all, we all have a bit of uh, merch, don't we? Um, and uh, I was in there and I was looking for, I didn't know anything about uh, baseball. I was vaguely interested in American football at the time and that became a passion as well. And then um, I was looking for a jacket with an A on it. <clears throat> and um, A for Alan, A for indeed, Big Al. Indeed, yes, exactly right, Johnny. So I saw the jacket and there was one hanging up, uh, but it was, and it was an open and A's jacket and as I was in San Francisco. But the, the problem with it, with it was that it was in uh, green and white and all my family are Glasgow Rangers fans. So I thought, well, I can't, I can't take that back. They'll never speak to me again. So I carried on looking and there was a blue jacket with a red A and a halo. The halo in particular thought that's, that really is me. So I thought, <laughs> I'll give that a go. And it was a very loud blue, a satin blue jacket, a starter jacket, you know, the typical 80s. And on the back, even gaudier, there was a big red uh, map of California with a gold star over Anaheim. I thought, oh, this is great. They're going to love this in the office when I walk in, walk in wearing that. So I, did, I, got, I bought it because it was loud. It was an A and it was a halo. And uh, 40 years later, I've been all over the United States watching the Angels and you know, staying up till four and five o'clock in the morning watching them just because I bought a silly jacket in the San Francisco in Fisherman's Wharf sports store. That's all, that's all it was. That's a fantastic story. And you left a message only last night, which I saw this morning when I woke up. So, you know, sometimes it pays to stay up till 4 a.m. So oh. you are, I mean, you're proper hardcore. I mean, you will oh, yeah. stay up all night watching them play. Although, I mean, to be honest, my support for them was flagging uh, when they uh, let the lead, when they, when they went behind yet again to the Red Sox. Because whenever I've seen the uh, loads of seen games against the Red Sox, they always seem to beat the Angels. But then suddenly in uh, extra innings, um, the ball started flying over the the green monster. And it was just, it was a, a thing of beauty. It was wonderful to watch. And of course, you, had, you know, when you, you forget what time it is in the morning, don't you? At, at that point, at that point, it felt like the, the sun had just, um, you know, come up and the, everything was, everything was rosy with the world, you know, and, uh, and then I couldn't get to sleep for half an hour. Because <laughs> <I was stupidly laughs> you're so excited. Idiot I am. I got a bit overexcited. Yeah. So there you go. I mean, but it goes without saying as the Mirror Sport Assistant Editor that, you know, sport is your passion as it is for us. We don't need a job with a mirror to prove it, but sport across the board. So, so how, given how much you invest emotionally, how tough has it been being an Angel fan? When you consider the amount of money, it's not like they're not spending the money. They've spent fortunes, but on players that, you know, the Josh Hamiltons, the pool holes, you know, a, a contract that basically he was a veteran in a, in a, in a, frimmer, a Zimmer frame for the last five years yeah. of his contract. How frustrating has that been for you as an Angel fan? 
Well, it's stupidity on uh, ownership's part in, in my book. I mean, I didn't have a problem with getting hold of Albert for, uh, you know, I thought, well, if, if I've signed it for 10 years, but if you get three or four good years and they get to the World Series, et cetera, it'd be money well spent. Josh Hamilton, they bought, you know, we talk about, don't we, in fantasy baseball, buy low, sell high. Well, they bought Josh Hamilton on an all-time high. He was at an absolute pinnacle of his career. It was the season after he hit, he had that incredible uh, home run derby. Uh, 2008, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, um, Yankee Stadium. I was there. Yeah. Oh well, there you go. I mean, it was amazing. It was amazing. Watched. No, I mean, I had. To, I remember watching that. It was the most extraordinary home run derby I've ever watched. I had my hair on the back of my 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 neck were going up yeah. because he was sticking literally balls out of the stadium, the old yeah. Yankee Stadium. It was incredible. Yeah. I watched it. I've only ever been to one star All Star game. That was in Detroit. But um, yeah, and then and then so the Josh Hamilton signing was um, at the absolute peak of his powers. Uh, the worst one of all was Vernon Wells who, you know, in a good season, Vernon Wells hit around 200 for the Angels. So it's been littered with really bad, really bad uh, free agent signings. We'll have, to, we'll have to wait and see how Anthony Rendon turns out. Look, he looks to be back a little bit. Seen him a few times this season. He looks to be coming after he came back after his uh, slight injury. He looks to, be, looks to be doing quite well. But of course, you've got, when you watch them, it's so exciting watching the first four or five hitters for the Angels lineup. It's genuinely exciting. I, I tend to, Last night with the early part of the game, if I knew that it was going to be um, uh, Ward, Trout, Otani and, um, and um, uh, Jared Walsh, Walsh, all of whom feature heavily on my, on my, on my fantasy baseball teams, which helps, uh, then I would, I would watch that. But when it got to sort of six, seven, eight hitters, I thought I'll, I'll tune back in a minute because I know this is going to be three outs and then the Red Sox will be hitting for a while. But yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an, as you say, it's a very exciting, it's very exciting to see that lineup. The pitching still... Far too many questions, uh, question marks over the pitching. Um, I mean, their their ace is also their second best hitter, so that shows you really what the Angels are. How, how much is I say? I mean, you, you mentioned Otani there. How much has the arrival of Otani in the Angels clubhouse in the team changed since? Because he already had arguably the best player in baseball in Mark Drought, yeah. and yet Otani seems to take an interest in baseball, interest in him as a personality, to so. a completely different level. I mean, do you feel that as a fan? Definitely. When you go to, I mean, I've been to, I've seen uh, Otani play a few times, and it is fascinating. I've, I've, actually, I didn't see him pitch, I just saw him hit. But in the crowd, I mean, out of the, the crowd I went to, 10% uh, of the crowd were probably uh, Japanese origin. You know, and and as you know, they've got like 50, per, 50 journalists permanently covering him because he's such big news in the United States, uh, in the, back in Japan, obviously. And he's done it exactly the right way. Every, every time he's asked about Trout, he says the right things, doesn't he? He says, oh, you know, that, that this is Mike Trout's team. You know, I'm just here to help him out and all this kind of stuff. And Trout, there's a mutual admiration thing between them. And there don't, genuinely doesn't seem to be any edge between the two, which could be a problem on a number of teams. And it has been, hasn't it, traditionally, a number of teams. Who's the biggest star? There doesn't seem to be any of that. And, and going back to, I know I keep going back to that game last night with the Red Sox, but if you looked at the bench... And also the uh, the players on the field. When whoever got a hit, whoever got a base, the whole the whole bench is up and they're you know roaring them on. They're shouting. You know they've got this silly cowboy hat when anybody hits a home run, and all that kind of stuff. You can sense that the atmosphere in the clubhouse is a really really good one, and that definitely hasn't been the case in the past uh, with the Angels. Which Jimbo would suggest this is the real deal because, you know, we talked about the importance of that whole ethos for the Braves win last year, that, that that sense of team spirit. And if the Angels are developing that to the extent that Al's talking about, then their hot start 
is not a flash in the pan. This is a team who are going to compete this year. But there's a, just well, there's just one rider to that. In that, it, <laughs> you can have the greatest uh, team spirit in the world. But they're, in fact, they're like most of my uh, fantasy baseball teams. They need, they still need a bit more pitching. They got, they got a decent bullpen, but starting pitching, I don't start. It doesn't rank with any of the other sort of five, top five teams. Hey, Al, I want to pick up on this. I'm sure this morning I read somewhere that the last 40 draft picks of the, of the Angels have been pitchers as they've clearly looked to address this Name shortfall. It, well, exactly, one. exactly. <laughs> How could they have got it that wrong that often? Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I mean, there was the there's the young lad who was uh, tragically uh, killed, wasn't there? Uh, um, uh, I forgot his name. Um, I've got his name off offhand, but the young lady was it was killed um, in a car crash, and he was supposed to be very very promising. And um, it'll come to me as we as we talk as you go on. But um, yeah, it's your age, Al. It's your age, mate. It, Don't it, worry. That's, that's, what it, that's what it is. <laughs> but, Do you remember um, who we are? It's this is behind home plate, by the way. Just to remind. I'll listen to the recording and remember. Nick Nick Aidenhart. Nico, there you no, go. Yeah, was, yeah, of course it is. Yeah. You see, you've got Jimbo there. That's all you have to do, mate. I do this all the time, and I just ask James to come in I with mean, the answer. I think, it's, I think it's nice of you to put, make a room in your house for him. I think that's a, 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 a decent, decent thing. Well, I think you're perhaps taking fantasy baseball a bit too far, if that indeed is possible. <laughs> I want to pick up very quickly, um, because you, you told me a story once, which is such an amazing story, that I'm hoping you can give us a condensed version of your the, possibly the most memorable night you ever had, even though it didn't actually happen inside the Angel Stadium, it was after the game. Share with our listeners this great story. Well, it's, it's, uh, it concerns, um, for our you know, younger listeners, uh, it's a guy called George Brett, who was one of the greatest third basemen who ever lived, played for the Kansas City Royals in the main, his peak time was in the 80s, early 90s. He's now um, part of the front office and he's in he's in the Hall of Fame. Look it up, kids. And also part of the most one of the most famous baseball incidents of all time, the Pine Tar incident at Yankee Stadium. Anyway, we were after it was after a game at Yankee Stadium again at, uh, at the Big A and uh, we're in a bar near the near the, near the stadium. Uh, Bo Jackson was playing for the Kansas City Royals at the time. He did a three run home when obviously the Angels had lost. So no change there. So we were just chatting and I was chatting to one of the local fellas there who's like me, he was an Angels fan and a 49ers fan like me. Anyway, this little entourage came and stood at the bar, and this fellow said, "Oh, look, that's that's George Brett there. That's George Brett. Let's come on, let's go and let's go and I'll introduce you. I'll introduce you." I said, "No, no, no. Being a being a sports journalist, I'm not generally overawed by the presence of sports stars, you know. So, but oh yeah, that's George Brett. And there was a guy there called Robert Wall was with him, who was researching his part in a Bull Durham, which you may may have yeah. seen. Greatest and, movie uh, ever. So I said to this fellow, "Don't you know? Don't uh, don't do that. I'll, I'll just leave just leave the fellow alone." He went, "Okay then." Anyway. 10 seconds, no more than 10 seconds past. He went, George, George. Everybody looks around. He went, oh, I've got to come and meet a friend of mine. He's come all the way over from England to see you. He said, because, and he said, he said, don't worry. He says, I'm, I'm, I'm going to tell him that you're a prince. I went, no, 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 don't, don't, don't do that. That's, that's ridiculous. Don't say that. He went, okay, I won't, I won't do that. And so he introduced, he introduced me to George Brett as if he knew George Brett. He said, George, this is my friend all the way from coming. He's come to see you. And he said, George, this is Duke Allen from London. And George Brett, to his eternal credit, I'll never forget it. He went, put out his hand. He went, hey, Duke, pleased to meet you. Shook my hand. And for the next two hours, George Brett entertained us all with stories, stories of baseball about facing Nolan Ryan, the Pine Tar incident, you name it. And in all that time, he, in, throughout the evening, he, he kept calling me Duke. 
which was which was hilarious. And he, he wouldn't he wouldn't let anybody buy a drink. Even when Robert Wool, the actor, said, "Come on, we need to get going now," and his agent said, "We need to." No, no, no. This this is great. This is great. And he stood. Can you imagine that happening? Well, nowadays, anyway, but certainly in the world of, say, football, that a, that a player would stand and talk to you at the bar for very for very long. I don't think so. It's just That's great. It. And that, that that I think hopefully baseball still retains a little bit of that as well, the sociability of it. I quite like that. Duke McKinley. Yeah, I Duke, think we, yeah. Well, yeah, we, we've got your... You've got to pronounce it right, though, James. It's Duke. 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 Uh, I would like to point out that Al is a hardcore socialist. He would never accept a landed gentry <laughs> title if offered. So it's the most inappropriate title going. As far as like, <laughs> it's such a great story. I do love it. You've obviously lived the dream. And obviously, it's not all baseball. It's not all angels. I mean, as the... Let me, I always want to make sure I get this right. Daily Mirror Sport Assistant Editor. I always like to call you the deputy, but that's obviously not quite the right way. Um, you, you must have met and mingled with some of the true greats. Is there, is there any one that really stands out for you? Yeah, definitely. Um, I gave, I presented Steve Young, the 49ers quarterback, uh, with his uh, the uh, the American Football Writers Association of Britain uh, award for the player of the season. It's the equivalent, it's the British equivalent of the MVP. And we're at the Super Bowl, and I, and I gave him his trophy. But the trophy, unfortunately, <laughs> because we'd spent all our money the previous year on a really fancy Heisman-looking trophy, this year, the trophy that our secretary had come back with was a tankard, right? <laughs> in a case. Now, it's a path- bearing in mind that, that Steve Young had just been presented with a $45,000 pickup truck for winning the NFL MVP award, I had to give him a tankard. And of course, because Steve Young is the great, 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 great grandson of Brigham Young, who founded the Mormon Church is a teetotaler as well. <laughs> giving, him, giving him this That's fantastic. And Steve Young could not have been more, more gracious and, and he was funny because as we were at the lectern and I was presenting this, it was with cameras and all sorts. And <clears throat> there was a jug of water there. I said, Oh, Steve Young, congratulations. I'd like to present you with this award. And he picked up the jug of water and said, This really is not what I was expecting, but thanks very much. <laughs> And little did he realise that the actual award wasn't much better <laughs> anyway. So he's point here on mine. I managed to catch a couple of passes from Joe Montana once, which is a long story. Shaquille O'Neal was <clears throat> was uh, really, really funny and good company. And uh, the picture of the pair of us, honestly, you've never seen a size difference like it. it was, the, the man is uh, massive. So, yeah, I've been very lucky to meet a lot of these people. Had a great lunch with Reggie Jackson, again, one of the all-time great all-time great baseball player. So, yeah, been very lucky to do that kind of stuff. So, I'm sure this is of interest, and I'm sure, Jimbo, you're picking up on this, that, you know, Al's a, a British sports journalist, and yet all his favourite memories are NFL and MLB, uh, which, and, and I can say from a personal point of view, when we were doing Channel 5 Baseball, uh, Alan was writing articles in the mirror about the show, uh, and without exception, so complimentary, and driving viewers our way, and, and you've been such a supporter, Al, um, and you've done so much, and I hope that British baseball fans uh, appreciate the, the difference you've made and the, and the journey you've been on, and the support you've offered we, we love having you this is amazing i know we're meant to be talking fantasy baseball so perhaps we should ask one very specific fantasy baseball question yeah yeah do you want to get in there jim because yeah. yeah, I, I, I could talk to al for hours about these stories i love people and you, you've been amazing but yeah for, for, for other listeners who only want the facts and only want their teams to be great so yeah i mean this season you know johnny touched about it is it going to be different and particularly you have got some young players to be excited about that we haven't really seen in recent years so if i just pick two who've made quite a lot of noise in the beginning what are your thoughts on on, on starting pitcher patrick sandoval and outfielder taylor ward i think they both share something they both got 
Oh, there's a heck of a style about the pair of them, do you not think? Sandoval is sort of very crisp, works works quickly. There's nothing ragged about him, very smooth. Remains to be seen. I mean, I'm hoping. I mean, he nearly he nearly pitched a no hitter last season, of course, and you have to be you have to be pretty good uh, to do that. So I'm hoping that if he can get Sandoval, Otani, and Syndergaard start striking people out, which he, he may well, he gets a lot of swinging strikes. Maybe if he starts ramping up the strikeouts a little bit as well, fingers crossed, because I think you you definitely need a, a one two three punch, don't you? And then you can backfill from there. I think with uh, Taylor Ward, <clears throat> the great thing about him was that um, um, uh, Joe Madden picked him as his starter in the in the outfield alongside Trout way before anybody else was saying this. We were all most people were discussing how good a, a Joe Adele would be, Brandon Marsh. That's you know either of these guys you know could be uh, the regular uh, uh, right fielder, but that's not what Madden saw at all. Madden's right from the beginning and then announced that. Um, Ward was going to be his man, and the reaction from the press and a lot of the pundits was like, "What? What? what why are you leaning on this guy?" And then if you if you watch him hit, he's so stylish. I mean, that that is a classic swing that he's got. The, the home run. Sorry to go on about last night again, but the, the home run he hit last night was a, a classic swing. It is right dead center over the over the green monster, and 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 the end of his swing, it's like I mean, you could you could make a statue of him. It's that it's that elegant and that classic. You know, so and he's he's actually quite quick on the base pass. He beat out earlier against the White Sox, beat out two infield hits, both of which went to review, but in, and he beat them both. He can move as well, so he will steal bases. If you've got him, and I've got him in every league I play in, if you've got, if you, so I'm obviously biased, but if you've got him, I think you're gonna. I mean, he could st- easily steal 10, 15 bases. So he's the real, he's the real deal, is he, for the rest of the I, season? So well, yeah, I've got him I've in a couple seen, of places. I've only seen him this season, of course. I'm not, yeah. you know, I don't, I didn't see him when he was in the minor leagues, but then he was, he was, you know, he was highly rated. I mean, there's like a, it's a bit like the natural in a way, isn't it? There's like a couple of years missing, you know, that what, you know, this, this. This guy, the Roy Hobbs of the Angels, you know, there's been a couple of years missing, but certainly on the evidence so far, he's fast, he's a good fielder, he hits the ball with tremendous authority, and he doesn't chase bad pitches either. His on-base percentage is quite remarkable as well. So all round, I mean, he's not going to carry on like this for six months. I mean, I think we all know that. But yeah, there doesn't seem to be too many obvious weaknesses in his game. Just the flip side of that, very quickly before we move on, um, one person who does seem to have a few weaknesses in game is Joe Adele. So incredibly, um, you know, ballyhooed prospect, um, expected to really, you know, make great things, but he's found it really, really difficult. Not just his fielding, he's hitting everything about him. He's back in AAA. Is he gone or will he be back? What do you do in a a long-term dynasty league with Joe Adele? I think if I was in a long-term dynasty league, I'd hang on to him for a little bit. I mean, I know this has been said before, but when Trout came up to start off with, you know, he, he didn't he didn't have a great time of it, and he needed a second go round. Now this will be this will be Adele's third or fourth go round, but what happens to that talent? I mean, he's even his fielding has gone to uh, gone to mm. bits as well. You know, he's not even he's not even fielding well. That that's clearly a man with no confidence, and you can see the lack of confidence when he struck out. I think it was um, he's had twice. I think this season he's had four four. four four strikeout uh, performances as well. So what, I don't know how they're going to get his confidence back or if it's even possible. But if if you've got him in a dynasty league and you can hang on for a little bit longer and wait to see what happens this season, I think if he doesn't if he doesn't bounce back, I think this is his make or break season. And that's maybe that's what's messing with his head. Fair enough. 
Brilliant stuff. Um, we're going to move on, but we've enjoyed having you here so much, Al. We're going to ask you to stay. Would you mind doing that? Of course. Love to, John. It love also it. avoids any editing needs for Eric, the producer. So. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on swiftly. Batter number two, uh, and that is the mailbag. And thank you so much, because we've had loads, actually. So we're just going to pick a couple out. I'm going to start with Richard Davison, and I'm loving this question. Richard, thank you so much. Do you ever find yourself unintentionally adopting a second team due to your fancy players for that year? I never planned to, but it always seems to happen that I have two, three hitters from one team that I'd like to like and I like watching them so much that I end up checking their team out their team results and almost developing a soft spot he, he goes on to talk about other things and he mentions the Mets so I'm not going to bother with that bit of the question but I, I think he's spot on he's spot on boys I've got three Cubs in one team one of my fancy teams so I'm always looking you know hoping the Cubs have hit a few runs Jimbo what do you think yeah, I, I, absolutely. I try, I try to be completely dispassionate when I'm drafting at the beginning of the season, but I, I think it's perfectly normal to get attracted to certain teams that you've got, you know, like Al's talking about sort of a, a Taylor Ward and stuff like that. It's often hitting, but I'm actually going to pick the Brewers. So the Brewers aren't a team that are, you know, I, I have nothing pro or against them really, but I do have quite a lot of Brewers pitching. So I've got Burns in one league, I've got Freddie Peralta in a couple, I've got Brandon Woodruff in a couple, I like Devin Williams. They've always had a strong bullpen. So suddenly it's quite rare that I don't have any team that doesn't have a at least one Brewers pitcher. So that's certainly a team I, I find I'm naturally just saying, oh, I hope they haven't given up too many tonight. Yeah. Al, I, I know that you literally just put all your angels, no matter how bad the angels are, which possibly explains your fantasy baseball performances in recent years. This year, totally different story. I'm assuming in all your teams, you've got angels en masse, but do you ever collect okay. others? Uh, it's more, it goes the other way with me. I think it's, I, I tend not to pick um, Yankees, Red Sox, Dodgers and Oakland players as much as other people do. And I think as they're, as the three of those teams are the most successful baseball teams on the planet, I think that could explain one reason why I'm one more than I am. But my, my very first year playing fantasy baseball, the very first year, all I did was I picked almost all angels as my hitters. And uh, I think I had three angels pitches and the closer, Troy uh, Percival. And always picked Scott Shields, the setup pitcher. And I ran away with at that at that time. We probably remember it, there was, there were, we were in four divisions. I started off in the what is the equivalent of the Championship, sort of second league down. Won it in a canter, and went up to the Premier League. And uh, I haven't done that since. And I haven't quite dominated a league like that <laughs> since either. So maybe I should just carry on uh, getting hold of angels. But you're right. We all we all have. You can't help have a a few players on your team, if they're from one team, you can't help because that's what, when you look at the scores and the results, you go to your team first, don't you? And they think, oh, how are my players getting on, you know, like James says, with the Brewers, you know, you can't help it. Okay, we've got another one from a regular listener, uh, Michael Doherty. Lovely, Michael. Always uh, great input. What's better to have? And he's asking, is there actually even a right answer? Is it a batter with a good average, an OBP, who plays in a poor team that doesn't score many runs or obviously gets him batted in, or go with a batter with a poor average, an OBP, but plays for a team that scores many? Jimbo, what's your thoughts? Yeah, I, I think it depends entirely on what categories you need. So it depends where you are in the season So um, uh, and what you need. But personally, if I had to pick, I, I hate having teams with bad on-base percentages or bad averages. And I think it's much harder to find high average players on the waiver wire than it is to find people who are in a hot streak hitting home runs. So personally, I would prioritise the person with a high average and a high on-base percentage uh, over the person scoring a few runs in RBIs, assuming that they're you know, roughly valued the same, and whether it's in terms of auction price or, or, or original draft price. 
Al, he, he goes on, and I'll ask you this bit of the question. Michael goes on, he says, likewise, a relief pitcher, would you choose a questionable relief pitcher in terms of their ERA and whip, but who gets loads of hold chances? Uh, the plays in a team with a strong winning record, so there's loads of chances for it. Or a relief pitcher with a solid arm that plays for a poor team, so your, your ratios are going to be okay, but they're never going to get many hold or save opportunities. Well, on this one, I think that it's much easier to make a decision on this one. I think you go for the, the better pitcher. Because pitching, as we know, you can if you have a pitcher, a pitcher can really damage your entire one pitcher can really damage. Tell me about team. it, Mr. Bundy last night. Yeah. Trevor Rogers, another another yeah. one. It's yeah, I haven't got it. Obviously, they're not uh, relief pitchers, but also there's no guarantee. If, even if you even if you pitch for a bad team, there's no You could argue that you're more likely to have close games if you're not in a like uh, if you're not in a um uh, one of the best teams in the league, you're more likely to play close games. And close games are when, obviously, relief pitchers get their saves and holds, etc. So it's not it's not definite that if even if you've got if um, that a better team will always have a lot more saves than a yeah. say an average team doesn't doesn't always work. Like that. So for me, have the better pitcher. Trust me, because you will regret having a dodgy pitcher. Doesn't matter who they play for. Uh, I'd agree with that. Just also to say, of course, ERI and WHIP are two separate categories, and saves, holds, or saves, or holds is just a single category. So if you go for the ratios, you are boosting two categories rather than one. Very good point. The the voice of reason, Al. You already knew that about Jimbo. Um, we've got one last question. We're gonna we're gonna fold up the mailbag uh, just from a time perspective. This is from an excellent listener. His name is Alan McKinley, <laughs> guest and listener. I'm loving this, Al. You sent in a question, but it's a good question. This one's for you, Jim. How long should you be patient for in a roto league? I say that as someone who dropped Rowdy Telez a few days ago for Christian Walker. Al. Yeah, how patient yeah. should you be? Yeah, a bit more patient with Rowdy Tellez, yeah. Another week and you'd be a very happy man. But so equally, Christian Walker's got, what, six, seven home runs? I, yeah, I don't no, think it's I, not been a disaster, no. Not by any no, I, I don't think that's disastrous. Um, I, I think, you know, I should actually ask, JG normally has, has rosterbated at least half of his team in the first week of the season, <laughs> hasn't he? So he's probably more, 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 more to say than me. But You're me, calling me a rosterbater? Absolutely, Joe. I don't know anybody who kind of can't, you know, can't it's solve it. Such a dodgy curve. It really is. I'm a roster maker. I can't believe I'm being dissed alive on a podcast. Okay. Live, live, live. Um, but yeah, sensible answer then. It all depends what's on the wire because a lot of people ask this question when's it okay to do it? It depends entirely on the size of your league and how many, what, what the, who the replacement is. I would never drop anybody who was a top 100 or top 150 pick in the month of April. So I, I think you've got to leave it, leave it a month. So even something like Joey Votto only having one league. I've still got him. He's on the injured list, thankfully. I probably would drop him this week if he wasn't on the on the on, on the uh, injured list. But I, I would wait four weeks for somebody like that. Apart from that, it depends what's available. If you're in a 20 team deep league, you probably don't drop anybody really all season. Um, so yeah, all depends what the alternative is. Okay, well, we're going to move on. I just want to mention to Ed Ditchfield, who who asked an excellent question because he's wanting guidance on how to to assess trade proposals. I think it's such a good question that I want to make sure we dedicate a section to that next week. So, Ed, we will get to that question. Jimbo's giving me the thumbs up. Uh, So we'll move on. Batter number three. We've uh, struck out the first two. And this is, of course, the the favourite slot. It is the suitcase. And just a quick reminder for any new listeners, uh, it is basically where we ask Jim to come up with players that are rostered in less than 20% of an average ESPN league who uh, who might make a difference to your team. So who are we packing this week, Jimbo? We'll start, as always, with hitters. 
Uh, I've got a couple, and then I've got Alan is such a good guest. We should have him around for dinner. He's he's, he's brought <laughs> things for the suitcase as well. He's bought he's bought no wine or snacks or cheese, but he's he's bought items for the suitcase. But so I will give you two, and then uh, uh, and then I'll pass you over to Alan. So um, the, the one actually I'm afraid of is Rowdy Teles is is loudly in my suitcase. He's, uh, he, he is twenty percent owned, but he's heating up. His underlying stats are absolutely sensational. So he he, he's, he is rostered in just under twenty of leagues if he's available in yours i think he's an all-season play it's a good place to hear and i think he's just warming up and then at the so hang on let me just get this straight we invite al on he's giving up his time and labor of love and all you've done is just dish him by telling him that the player he's just dropped is the player you're recommending everyone else pick up you've just rubbed Alan McKinley's nose in it, Jimbo. He knows it. He is a very accomplished fantasy guru. He knows, he knows it himself. So um, at the flip side, if you're in a deep league, if you're in a 15-teamer, a 20-teamer, even a 30-teamer, one player might be available. It's a guy called Chad Pinder of Oakland, uh, eligible in most leagues at second base and outfield. He's only rostered in 1% of leagues, um, but he's playing every day. And we talked about how hard average is. Here's somebody who's very likely to end the season with a 300 average. So if you're in a very deep league, and you need average or OBP, uh, Chad Pinder is back off the injured list of Oakland. I think he will uh, be a very sensible choice in a league that deep. Uh, Al, go on. This is your. This is the moment. You've got some very exciting suitcase gifts. Well, uh, Jorge Mateo is somebody I looked at because I had to, because uh, probably thankfully, Adalberto Mondesi uh, was, uh, was ruled out for the season, which probably saved me a lot of uh, heartache anyway. And um, Mateo has already stolen uh, seven bases, I think, and um, I think he's going to steal a lot more. He's not, he, he has walked a few times, but his on-base percentage isn't that great if you're an on-base percentage lead, but you're basically getting him to replace somebody like Mondays, and you're basically getting him for his steals, and he's, he's going to steal a lot more. And he is at Baltimore. He's eligible at second base, shortstop, and outfield. Yeah. I think and outfield as well, which is yeah. another plus. You can slot him in, you know, depending on who's not playing that night. I noticed that they're not playing Mike, Mike Trout tonight, which I'm gutted about. But anyway, um, and um, the, the other one is um, Andres Jimenez, similar so short base, short base, shortstop and second base, <laughs> the Cleveland Indians. I like him in Cle- Cleveland Guardians. We've moved on. Oh, oh, I'm the Cleveland Guardians. Yeah, I'm so stuck in the past. Uh, Cleveland Guardians, of course. And um, he's got a little bit more pop than uh, Mateo has. Most people have. But he's another one who... Uh, he's another one who... He's only stolen one base so far, but could steal a lot more. And I was going to say, I noticed he's just gone over the 20% threshold, Harrison Bader of St. Louis. Um, he's starting to move up in the order. He was back in nine. I think moving up to seven and even six now was suggesting he might lead off. He's going to score a lot of runs, and obviously he's very, very quick. Excellent stuff. What a joy to invite a guest who's even more of a dinosaur than I am. Loving it. Absolutely <laughs> loving it. Um, uh, did we mention Pavin Smith, by the way? Did you just mention that in that little chat? Does he play for the Cincinnati Red Stockings? He's not, no. He's with Arizona, the D-backs. He's a first baseman, and he's eligible in the outfield. But he's hit three home runs in the last week, so maybe somebody you want to look at. I think most people think the Arizona Diamondbacks are so bad they don't bother, but there's some little gems there. Jimbo, what about some pitching, big man? A couple of pitches. I, I, I give you three at different, at different levels. 
So Chris Paddock, I do like. I've picked him up in a couple of places. He's at Minnesota. He's only rostered in 17% of leagues. You remember two or three years ago, he was really good for San Diego. He's been a bit average since then. I'm not saying he's going to be a top 20, top 30 pitcher the rest of the way, but he's got some quite easy matchups in in, in the American League Central, and he's pitching pretty well at the moment. Uh, And I think he's very uh, under-owned. The next one, I think somebody I mentioned last week, I've got my eye definitely on Daniel Lynch of Kansas. Again, the AL Central is quite an an easy um, division. Uh, He held off New York Yankees this week. Uh, He's got Baltimore next. He's only rostered in 6% of leagues. I think that will be quite low come the end of the season. The Bundy boy had Baltimore this week. Did you see his trap line last night? So don't write off Baltimore. I tell you, they could swing a bat. Anyway, sorry to they interrupt. They can, only against Johnny's pitchers. But yes, <laughs> I, I, I think you're, you're, you're a bit late. On, on Bundy had his moment. Uh, Who was that, James? Daniel Lynch. Daniel sorry, Lynch. it was just... Right, thank you. Thank you, yeah. You're writing this down, well, aren't you, Al? <laughs> just am, listen to the podcast, mate. It's very easy. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, I'm listening to this podcast before it comes out. <laughs> It's a, he says he listens every week. I'm beginning to have my doubts, Johnny. I really am. <laughs> <laughs> okay, got a couple of closers and then let, let's crack on. So, uh, Danny Jimenez of Oakland. Uh, Lou is back, but he's been so bad since he's been back that Jimenez might remain with the job. Uh, and then a couple of people I think will end up as the closers in time, but aren't yet. So, Johan Durand of Minnesota. Sensational ratios, loads of strikeouts. He has got a save. Uh, he's only rostered in 10% of the leagues. I love him and I've got him lots of places. And the other guy, Michael Fulmer of Detroit, I think is interesting. And if, if Soto loses a, a, any more chances in, in, in Detroit, uh, I think Fulmer might become the closer there. And we talked about Ryan Helsey of St. Louis last week, whose ratios are off the scale. Good. Excellent stuff. Right. Time now for the Hail Mary. Uh, and of course, this is even more tough. We're asking Jimbo to find us a player who is rostered in less than 1% of an average ESPN league who might make a difference to your team. So this is week in, week out, the nightmare select. And what have you got for us this week, Jimbo? This week, Johnny, uh, we have Trevor Larnock of Minnesota in the outfield. So he is rostered in less than 1% of leagues. Uh, formerly very well-regarded prospect, has power, gets on base. At the moment, he's on the strong side of a platoon, so he's playing most days rather than all days. But, you know, he has a strong prospect pedigree from small acorns, large oaks grow. So if you're looking for somebody who might uh, come into more plate appearances, uh, more runs, more RBIs, more home runs, I think Trevor Larnock is uh, interesting, particularly in a very deep, deep league. Fantastic stuff. Right, that is it. We've uh, This is possibly the longest recording of Behind Home Play, and it's been worth every second having you on a big L. Um, that's all we've got time for, though, so thank you for listening. As always, do email us if you want to get in touch, behindhomeplaypod at gmail.com, or you can get in touch via the Twitter handle, at bhppod, or at johnnymgould, or at jam99. Um, by the way, a big shout-out to Jim Hudson. Say a massive thank you for commissioning the BHP Sophomore League. Uh, he was part of the Rookie League, and he took on the responsibility. And he's doing a great job, Jim. And uh, both James and I wanted to, to give you a shout-out on the show. So thank you, as always. Uh, and, of course, biggest thanks of all to, uh, to Jimbo, but in particular to Big Al. Al, what an absolute joy, mate. Thank you so much for coming on. Pleasure. Thoroughly good friend. Johnny and James, thanks very much for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, where, where, if anybody wants to uh, follow your insights and entertaining stories going forward, where, where, where can they follow you on the, in the, the world of social on, media? On Twitter, it's at Miramaka. Love at it. Miramaka. Love okay. it. it. So, at Jam99, that is a sexy tweet handle. At Miramaka. Love it. 
love it. Not quite so sexy as at Johnny M. Gould. By the way, before we do go off, I just want to mention to both of you, and I'm expecting you both to get on board. I'm starting up a social media tsunami, Johnny Gould for Countdown. And I want you both to get on the back of it. Al, I expect the mirror to get on this campaign. I expect the mirror to reference this. I'm genuinely contacting everyone I can think of that's got anything to do with Channel 4. I even sent Susie Dent a tweet. I said, I want four vowels and the rest in consonants, Susie, and I put hashtag born on for it. So JG for countdown, guys. JG for countdown. JG is the new Anne Robinson. I, I can't. <laughs> Anne Robinson, you, what a you disastrous gonna... choice. Disastrous. <laughs> you need... Are you, is James going to go for the Rachel Riley? Uh, hopefully not. No, he'll be in Dictionary Corner because they, they want nerdy individuals there. So that's it. <laughs> what word have you got for us this week? What's your Dictionary Corner word, Jimbo? Enough. <laughs> great stuff boys you're both legends you've got the same name love you loads thank you for listening everybody you've been sitting in the best seat in the house that is behind Hope Play until next week take very good care of yourselves and be hot